Typically Hazardous, welcome back. This is Hank Fortner, and I'm excited to bring you Adventures in Your Life Story follow-up. You ever wonder what your life would be like? What will you wish you would have done? Get after it already. What's life without a little adventure? We get one chance. Best live a big life. The exploration of the unknown. The hope for something more. This behavior can be classified as typically hazardous. I call it an adventure. Welcome. Let's get started, shall we? I'm excited to do something today that we've never done. We're going to go through a follow-up of the last podcast we did live at the Bootleg Theater. And if you've ever joined us live, you know that some of those conversations and some of those talks, they actually are involved with people in the room and they're connected to people in the room. And there are ideas and concepts that have both been living in my life and in the life of the people around me. And then we put them out on the podcast and we see what the world has to offer. Well, for this specific episode, we have received more emails and tweets and phone calls and conversations than almost any other. So in this episode, we thought it merited a follow-up. So what we're going to do is we're going to follow up with a few different things. We're going to follow up. I'm going to first summarize what the Writing Your Life Story podcast was just as a refresher so you don't have to go back and listen to the whole hour. Although if you're listening right now and you haven't heard that one, really important for you to just pause the whole thing, go back and listen to it. But if you heard it and you went through the journey and maybe you had some thoughts yourself, I think this conversation will be a really great way for you to transition into, hey, how can I actually implement those things? And maybe it would even resonate for you in the thoughts you had or the experiences you had as a part of the writing process that we invited you into in the last podcast. In this episode, I'm going to take you through an email from my friend Michael who lives in Shanghai, China with his family. I'm going to take you uh, on a journey to listen to a phone call between me and my friend Jen in Austin, Texas. And then lastly, we're going to end with an interview with uh, the one and only Sue Ann Cho Fortner, who's my wife, because she was one of the characters in the Writing Your Life Story podcast, and we wanted to do a follow-up and a check-in with her. So we'll cover some of the resistances and some of the breakthroughs of going through this process. Now, if you're listening to this, it's really important that you understand that part of this process or part of this whole purpose of this thing is for us to be able to give you the tools to have that better life, for you to step into that space where you kind of enter into, okay, I'm writing my life, I'm writing my life story. So my hope is that this conversation and this follow-up podcast has you having a conversation with three people in drastically different parts of the world to have these conversations that might have a conversation with what's going on in your mind about your own life story. Okay, writing your life story is a simple but profound experience, and it happens in three beats with two rules. I'll give you the three beats as a refresher. Number one, you start by making a list of all the chapters that you want in your life. You start by making a table of contents. Part of this process is emerging for me because I'm writing book proposals and I'm working on book deals. So everything begins with the table of contents. It tells you what's in the story. So start writing a list of the chapters you want. And these are real and detailed. This is the year that you moved your family to Hawaii, which is the chapter I would love to write someday. This is the year that you 
uh, got married. This is the year that you got the new house. This may be the year that you entered into the new job. This is the year you launched your company. This is the year that you made your million dollars. For me, it was the year I wrote my New York Times bestseller. You just list out all the chapters that you want in your life. Then secondly, you list out all of the chapters you have in your life, but that you didn't want. That may be the year that you got divorced. Maybe the year that you got betrayed. Maybe the year you went bankrupt. You make a list of all the chapters you want, and then you make a list of all the chapters you have, but you did not want. Those lists of chapters then become the chapters that you say, these are what make up the story of my life, the ones that I imagine for the future, and the ones that are present or current as a part of my life. The third question, and the third paragraph that's really important to write, is you're writing the excerpt. What story are you telling with your life? What kind of person are you becoming? Those are the three beats. What chapters do you want? What chapters do you have but you didn't want, but they're with you anyways? And then what story are you telling? The invitation of this exercise is to actually engage in those conversations in a proactive way to begin writing them. And I mean writing them in detail and in drastic past tense to say, this is what I did about this thing that's coming in my future. This is how I moved my family to Hawaii. This is how I emerged from my divorce stronger. This is how I made back my millions after I lost everything. You just write it in detail in all in past tense. Now, there are two rules. Those two rules are you have everything you need and you are more powerful than you realize. For many of us, the limitations come from us is that we imagine that we could do that thing. We could write that chapter if only we had this. If only we had a life partner or if only we had the Donald Trump's father who would give us $14 million over the course of time. If only we had celebrity or if only we had resource or if only we had cool or if only we had talent. All these things when in reality... You have everything that you need. It is within your grasp. It is somewhere in your space. You live in a world of abundance. God, the universe, energy, whatever you want to use to describe it, has surrounded you with a universe of abundance. Our earth is not short on human or talent or emerging resources. So take a deep breath, say a prayer, and have that conversation about, okay, I have everything I need, and start writing those chapters with that thought in mind. Secondly, you're more powerful than you realize. You personally have the capacity to engage this chapter, these future chapters, this story you want to tell with your life. You have the capacity to do that in such a way that you can be the author of that story. You're not waiting to see what will come. You're not hoping you can react well to what happens to you. You are writing that story. Those are the two rules and the three beats to write everything in past tense and allow your brain to journey with you and your heart and soul to go on the way as you write your life story. Now I'd like to introduce you to Michael Michael lives in Shanghai, China with his family, and he recently wrote me an email that I think is really important. It's a long email, and I was hoping to get Michael on the phone, but with the Shanghai time change, it has not worked out so well. So I'm going to read you a section that is essentially a summary of his conversation. He says, Hank, greetings from Shanghai. I'm sitting on the metro on my way to work this Tuesday morning, and I'm writing you from the future, and I'm listening to your podcast. Thank you, Michael, for listening all the way from Shanghai. Our life journey and faith journey has been summed up with a saying that is actually a crafty picture frame hanging on our wall in the kitchen. The saying is, we plan and God laughs. 
So this idea about writing your life story or the chapters of your life story is kind of rocking me and I'm wrestling with this concept. I understand your message and the benefits of being intentional with your life, but I'm conflicted because this has absolutely not been my life or faith journey. Every single time we've tried to write our life, it has failed or life has thrown us huge curveball that has disrupted our plans. See, he's writing this and then he ends this email with a ton of different scenarios of things that have gone on or things that they planned that interrupted their plan and all this stuff. And he says, because if I'm really candid, he ends with this. Letting go and letting God creates an apathy and a detachment in my soul. I feel sometimes I have no will of my own and no choices of my own because we're just following and trusting God's will. Sorry for the inner processing, he says, and blessings to your family, you and the family. Love, Michael. So here's the deal with Michael's conversation, and I think it's really, really important. Part of writing your life story and a section, honestly, that I should have brought into the conversation that I had at the live podcast and that I've since added since I've given this talk in other places around the city through our cast on tour is the portion of our lives that we're writing in these chapters does not mean that we're rejecting new opportunities that are coming to us or that we are somehow impervious to changes or to unemployment or to disease or things that will happen to us in the future chapters that we wrote. The reality is that phrase and that saying, let go and let God, is only possible for that to be healthy if you are letting go of something you already have a hold of. By sheer definition of the phrase, to let go and let God, means you have a grip on it. It means you have a hold on it. If I'm on a motorcycle and I'm going to let go and let God, I'm going to let go of something that is steering me. So in essence, the idea that even Michael is describing is a really important one that I regret I did not give space for in the podcast, which is this. As you write your life story, you will have to write these chapters and then take your hands off of the steering wheel and say, okay, wherever we go from here, whatever happens from here. But there's a really important element there. It's not that you just took your life and just said, okay, whatever happens in my life and live this passivity that I was warring against through the writing of this podcast, but actually that you have now intentionally designed your life and then said, okay, I've got to let go and let God. Let God do things that, is un- that are unexpected. Let God move in ways that are unexpected. Let life happen to me. Let people happen to me. Let crisis come and let all of it happen, but realize that I'm letting go of something that I have a firm grip on, that I have a clear vision for, that I have intentionally decided upon. See, that's exactly, Michael brings up a really good point, which is no matter how much you write your life story, unexpected, unattainable, or surprising things are going to come flying into your space that you couldn't have imagined or couldn't have predicted or couldn't have planned for. And when that happens, we take a deep breath and go, this is a working document. We can keep writing. None of this is in print. None of this is locked in. This is not written in stone. We just go, oh, I have a chapter I didn't know I was going to have to write. So when we get fired from our job after writing the chapter about making our millions, we go, oh, I've got to amend this chapter. It's sort of the anxiety that I have about writing a book. The anxiety I have about writing a book is that once it's printed and written, what if I change my mind about a page or a chapter or a phrase or words? Or what if I evolve from the thinking that I penned in that book that will be alive forever, hopefully, at least living digitally? Now, I can can change a blog. I can delete a post. But once something's printed... See, the reality is for our life, these types of things are working, living documents. 
Michael brings up a really important note. As you begin to write your life story, write it and be very clear and very intentional. And then take a deep breath and go, okay, God's going to be up to something here with my chapter. Maybe even as you're listening to this, you have written or you have intended something for your children or for your marriage or for your career. And you've been holding on for dear life to something that is just gone. It's past. You're holding on to the string of a kite that is no longer on the other end. And it's time for you to let go. And it's the let go and let God moment that may need to happen for you in this podcast or in this moment right now. I think the same thing goes when it comes to writing our life story. As we write those stories, we have to take a deep breath and go, okay, now if something comes at me, I'm going to need to take another deep breath and write another chapter. Thanks for your email, Michael. That was a really, really, really important moment. Okay, the next character in our story that I want to introduce you to is a woman named Jen Pinkston. She runs a blog called TheEffortlessChic.com. She was a stylist with The Ellen Show for a long time, and now she lives in Austin, Texas, and does creative consulting and blogging, and she's just a wonderful person and one of Sue Ann and I's dearest friends, her and her husband, Aaron. Now, she had a really interesting text message that she sent us, and she sent us a text message, and she's living out in Austin and listening to the podcast, and she sent an awesome text about the conversation and about how it had impacted her. So I fired up a phone call with her and recorded it for you to listen to so you can hear my conversation with Jen and her dialogue about writing her life story. Check it out. Hello. Hi, Jen. Hey, Hank. How are you? Doing great. How are you? I'm good. Wonderful. Thank you for taking time for this conversation. Where are you right now? Oh my gosh, I am outside at a coffee shop in Austin, and it's spelled Patika. I always want to say Patika, but I keep hearing that people are calling it Patika. Patika. just sounds weird, right? Patika's better. It sounds strange, but it's Texas, so I feel like no pronunciation is going to be Hank, like... <laughs> not everything in Texas is strange. No, I just mean, mean <laughs> Patika, Patika. It's like, I feel like Texans could pronounce that 34 different dialects of English. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah, totally. Be, that would be my totally. guess. Uh, well, thank you for taking time. As I mentioned earlier, uh, you are in Austin, Texas, and mm-hmm. we, you heard the Writing Your Life Story podcast, mm-hmm. and I would love to get some of your thoughts and some of where it's come from and then sort of what you've done. But before yeah. we get into that, can you tell us sort of who you are and what you do, just so people get a sense for yes, you? Yes, totally. So many things. Um, I'm a mom. I have a two-year-old daughter, and I blog full-time. And I also do some cr- creative consulting here for people in Austin. Awesome. Uh, so you you heard you were in Austin, mm-hmm. and you downloaded mm-hmm. the podcast. Uh, what stood out to you about the Writing Your Life Story podcast? I love the intentionality of it. I love that um, maybe it's not, for me, it wasn't, and you know this about me, but like, I'm very much a like one-year plan, three-year plan, five-year plan person. Like that idea isn't, isn't new to me, but the idea of being intentional kind of about like the season that you're in, like maybe it's not even future chapters. Like the idea of like, what is this chapter that I'm writing right now um, really stood out to me. It almost felt like, okay, do you meditate? Yes, love it. I see. I really want to meditate, but I haven't like found the space or the time for it. But the other day, Parker was still asleep. Like I usually go in and wake her up at seven a.m. And I thought to myself, I was like, 
if I didn't wake her up for five more minutes, like what would I do with these five minutes? And I like set this intention for the day. And I really liked it because it was some, it was like a thought and idea that I just kept coming back to throughout the day. So I did it the next day and I've been doing it for a couple of weeks now. And I sort of felt like the writing your life story was like setting an intention for the season that you're in. Um, just because I, there are a lot of future chapters that I want to write, but I feel like there's a lot of things that kind of dictate the season that I'm in now. So being intentional, um, about that. What, what do you feel like in terms of the conversation or the practices, the Mm -hmm. exercises, what did it Mm -hmm. change your mind about in terms of your life or your way of thinking? This might sound repetitive, but it just made me more mindful about the current chapter and also about how the current chapter does affect the future chapters. Um, for example, like right now we're building a house, which, you know, you know, and, um, the like production background person in me just wants to check all of the boxes and make everything go as fast as possible. And I'm like super impatient and I want to get the permits and I want the thing to get built. And I know part of that is probably that we're living with my parents right now. So wanting to speed that up, but I think also taking a step back and thinking about the fact that we are like, we're building this house that, you know, we might live in forever. We might not, we might live in for 10 years or 15 years, but like our kids will grow up there and we'll celebrate holidays there and they will make science projects there and we'll entertain friends and have community with people there. And, um, thinking about taking this time to really create that space with intention and for it to serve a purpose and be the kind of place that we want to be the setting of the family narrative that we're going to be writing for the next few years. Okay. Last question, Jen, and you've been awesome. Last question would be, what is the next chapter that you Mm -hmm. feel like you'll be working on? So I don't know that there is like an order to them, like thinking about future chapters. And I don't want this to sound because like you said, we already have all the tools that we need, but I think some life circumstances, some life circumstances will lend themselves to like the timing of some of these, but some of them are, can I just tell you what some of them are? Yeah, sure. Um, I want a chapter where we moved our family to Europe. I want a chapter where we traveled every chance we got, you know, we used to travel a lot before Parker and it's just a little bit harder now. (laughs) Yeah. Cause when you have children, it ruins your life. So that's totally that. Um, and also Aaron's job is like restrictive on the times that he can travel. Um, so yeah, at some point we're going to have a chapter where we just like travel all the time. And then there's a chapter where we send our kids off to college. And I don't know if that's just like a reality that I'm thinking about and like being intentional on what do the years before that look like, but there's going to be a chapter that is that, and that's kind of interesting to think about, I think. Um, And then I want a chapter, and this is far down the road, but I want a chapter where my daughter or daughters are one or two of my best friends. Like, I want us to be close. That's cool. And you don't need need both your kids to be your best friends. Like, you'll settle with one? Oh, yeah, just one. Well, like, in my mind, I have two daughters, but really right now I only have one. I was going to ask, because you were using plural children. children Yeah, well, I do want another child, but I'm not with child, if that's what you're... Awesome. No, I wasn't even, I would never do that to you over a podcast. <laughs> I would do that to you in a room of people that were strangers, but not never, yeah, never no. are typically hazardousians. Not in, not a room of internet strangers. No, exactly. Well, these people are not strangers. They're, they're my tribe. They're our people. 
you know? Yes, totally. Uh, the last thing I would ask you is, did you decide, and, have, and if you haven't gotten there, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Did you decide mm-hmm. on what you feel like is the story that you were telling with your life and with your family? Right now? Just the, your oh, overall oh, story. Oh, yeah, that overall, that overall story. Yeah, I remember. I was like on an overpass when I came up with it. Um, so my overall story is to bring joy and happiness to a space wherever I am. Like I just want to make, if I'm in a conversation or in a room or somewhere, I want to bring happiness and joy and positivity to that space. That's so great. That's so great. Um, You're doing a great job with that right now. Hopefully your story that you tell with your life is mm -hmm. connected to something that's natural for you so that you don't feel like you have to force your story into the world all the time. Totally. That makes sense. So, yeah, I think that's really great. That makes sense. Well, Jen, this has been awesome, and it's so fun, especially for this episode, to go through and hear how people have responded and what chapters they're writing and what moved them about the conversation. So thank you for joining, and thank you for standing outside of that sort of like hipster high ground (laughs) that you speak to us all from. And uh, thanks for taking time. This has been great. Thank you. I loved it, and thanks for the podcasting. Keep them Keep them coming. Awesome. Will do. Thank you, Jenny. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Inc. Bye. Bye. Well, I'm so glad Jen was able to join us. And I so resonate with so many of the things that she described and the ways that she's interacting with and actually writing down the intention that she has and seeing this as as a chance to sort of face the intention of her life and of her future because it's a difference between planning and planning and things that we want to put on the calendar and the intention of what are we actually doing with these plans? Where are we actually going with these plans? And that's what I so appreciate about what Jen brought to the table. The last person I want to introduce you to is a person very important to me. Her name is Sue Ann Cho Fortner, and she is my wife. In the last episode, you heard her describe something a little like this. This one is going to be um, how I found my people again at 39, almost 40. Awesome. Because I'm in a season of transition, and I always always imagined that once you were a mom and almost 40, you like already had your friends and you weren't in the season of making friends. But in this season of friends moving and transitioning and some friendships distancing because of that, I'm kind of looking for friends again. <laughs> so that feels awkward and also unexpected, but also necessary and a chapter I want in my story. So I'll write that one. Awesome. So I wanted to do a follow-up with her. And as some of you may know, Sue Ann, as my wife, is one of the more skeptical people of all the things I'm doing. So if I come up with an idea or a theory or a whatever, I know that if it passes the Sue Ann test... It, has a, it could pass nearly any test in the world because she is not a person who immediately listens to an idea and goes, ooh, you should do that. She's a person who listens to an idea and gives you 74 reasons why it would not work. She has a spiritual gift of seeing obstacles. And so for me to be able to get her engaged in an idea or in a concept that's having an impact on my life or that I'm sharing with the world through you guys in the podcast is a very massive family victory. So I want you to hear her describe her change and her what and what happened for her and how it transitioned some things for her and affected her and just know that while she's talking and she and I are in, interacting that I have this huge glowing smile on my face because there's nothing more uh, satisfying to me than to be able to have a productive or positive effect 
on the ideals and on the vision and on the hope of my wife's life. So listen in to this conversation that Sue Ann and I had and an update from her. <clears throat> Sue Ann, thank you for joining us uh, yet again. We are uh, sitting here in Hawaii. We are in Kauai, Hawaii, and we are in Poipu Beach, and we are interrupting our family vacation to bring you this podcast. We're very excited. Uh, you were so bold and so brave at the writing your life chapter or life story talk at the bootleg. And you did what I often prod you to do and often is painful for you to do, which is share and talk and stand up, which you're super talented at. And you shared about a chapter you were going to write, and this is our follow-up. So thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Uh, Tell us, uh, we, by very nature of this podcast, the goal of this podcast is a once-in-an-ever here with Typically Hazardous. We've never done a follow-up, and this is our follow-up to this. So we would like to follow up with you on how did that chapter go that you wrote? Did you do anything about it? And tell us where you are now. Okay, so I I did write it. I was not planning on writing it, ever. Um, but I did write it. I had like 15 minutes before I had to pick up Cora from preschool. So I just kind of typed out free association and um, it actually was very helpful to get um, thoughts out and opened up some new ideas, opened me up to being less cynical and doomsday-ish. <laughs> and um, I don't know, it just created a, a bit of a hopeful space inside of me. Wow, awesome. I know, I was very surprised by it, to be honest. You were surprised that something that your husband asked the world to do uh-huh. was actually helpful uh-huh. in any way. Yeah. For oh, someone, I just, just got to take a deep breath here and just be for like, For someone wow. like me is what I mean. Oh, got it, okay. Yeah. Just, that's just a, that's a wow, okay? When you can convert the most cynical party in your life, your wife, to say, wow, this is helpful, yeah. Uh, it actually was very helpful, and it... it um. I felt much better after that. Wow, interesting. Yeah, what was it like as you were writing it? Did, did, it, did things come freely? Did it? Because I think some people, they emailed me or tweeted me and said, oh, you actually wanted us to physically write the chapter out, like write it down. I know. It's actually a very foreign um, concept now, I guess. I guess being out of school maybe, and uh, most people don't write, or generally speaking, perhaps. Yeah. It, it so it felt like homework to you, <laughs> I'm hearing. No, no, I'm just saying I had that same question. Like, you actually want me to write it? Yes. You know? And did you find that it was difficult, or did you find that it was well, like, wow, this came out faster than I yeah, hoped? Yeah, I found fa- I, I, the fact that you wanted me to write it was difficult. That was a block in and of itself. And so what I did was I, I think get, that's called being annoyed in I, American so culture. So I uh, had 15 minutes, and I just removed all of the blocks in my mind. I don't know what to write. What's my title chapter going to be? You know. What is it going to be about? Am I supposed to have come to a certain conclusion? Is it like journaling? Am I writing it present tense? You know, am I making declarative statements? Is it goal oriented? This is why I get very locked up. So I um. These are all rules I should have explained I in the just, podcast I for just, sure. Well, you, you're not someone that's locked by those things, but I find all those things as challenges as I stare at a screen. So I just said 15 minutes and I'm just going to, whatever comes out, I'm just I'm just going to type it out. Doesn't matter if it flows, it doesn't, it, you know. So I just I just started that. 
and it was really helpful. Amazing. Yeah. And what exactly did you, when you filled it out, is it a page? Is it two pages? Is it three pages? Like, I want to get really practical for the people who would go, yeah, oh, I don't know I, if I could do that. It's like three quarters of a page, lots okay. of spacing. Three quarters of a page. I just typed it on my computer. And how did writing it change your thinking or how did writing it affect your outlook on that particular chapter? Um, my chapter was about finding friends and finding your people again at, at nearing 40 going through lots of life transition and having people move and um, transitioning out of a career and in a stage of life, finding um, myself at a place unexpectedly where I felt I didn't have really a lot of friends. So my chapter was about finding my friends again. In writing it, I... Um, processed that whole thing what I wanted um I think you had the directive was how I was to write how I did it like how I found my friend as if I had already done it and so that's what I did I just pretended like it had already happened so I was I was narrating how I did it so I listed out a few steps of what I did I reached out to the friends that I feel closest to I was intentional about hanging out with them um, and then it kind of opened up like how are friendships formed? And I realized how much of it is a block in my mind of this, um, stereotype of me in college. And though I have evolved and my seasons of life have evolved and now I'm married and have kids and I'm, I've been working and all these things, still my perception or my category of friendship has remained the same, the same in a dorm, pulling all nighters, eating together, walking to class you know, and it doesn't match my current life stage. And so I just realized as I was writing it out that what I wanted was actually something that I had 20 years ago. And I don't know that that's possible in the same way. It doesn't look the same way. So I just started writing out like, how did, how did I f make friends? And it just became very simple for me. It was about the very simple things that friends serve each other. They live life. They watch each other's kids. They, they do the mundane things. Um, they do the intentional things. They do the small things, but also big things. And um, it's it's funny deep in sense because it's so obvious. But it's just one of those weird things where writing it out made that looming, sad piece um, very easy. Wow. I just want to clarify that again, that you actually f writing it out made a big impact in your thinking about it and in your processing about it and changed even the emotional texture about that thing. Yeah, wow. it's always been this like sad thing for me, and um, feel very hopeless about it sometimes. Mm -hmm. I feel very stuck about it. Well, you know, the kids and well, it's bedtime and going to dinner and then traffic and blah blah blah. And they have kids and well, they're they can't get a sitter. You know, it just yep. oh, there's always blocks for me about it. Yep. Okay, and tell me what it, so. What did you do? You wrote the chapter, changed the texture of it emotionally. You were able to actually yeah. see things in a different light. And, and then what did you do as well, a it was the Well, it was the day after the typically hazardous live recording. And the person I was paired up with was, you know, was a friend. And so she texted me and said, hey, let's do a girls' night. You know, you shared about the friends thing. Let's, let's do a girls' night before you leave for two weeks on vacation. And so I said, absolutely. I just took out my phone, texted the first five people that came to mind, and lo and behold, everyone was free, you know, the next week. 
and we went to dinner. And how'd it go? It was awesome. It yeah. actually, we called it the girl crush dinner. It was everyone, everyone texted about how they've always been wanting to hang out with these group of girls and how these are the kind of women they've always wanted to chat with and get to know better and enjoy, but only kind of hang out with at birthday parties or in passing, you know, at social functions or something. And um, it was really fun. My one friend described it as the kind of dinner where you don't care where you're sitting because you want to talk with everybody at the table. Whereas normally you go to a big group dinner and you're kind of anxious about where you're going to sit because you don't want to get stuck talking to the one person the whole night. Right. She said this was the kind of dinner, dinner where I didn't care where I sat because I want to talk to every single person. It was really fun. Wow. It, I feel very dumb saying this. I feel very dumb. It's not like I'm saying anything major or it's like an epiphany. It's so it's so dumb. Like, oh, go to dinner with your girlfriends. Um, <laughs> but I think that <laughs> that, that sort of self judgment like <laughs> thing that sort of self judgment thing is really uh, unhelpful to you. Uh, James Altucher has this really cool thing about thoughts, where he says uh, when he has a thought in his mind that he knows is not good for him, he just says out loud, "Not helpful," and moves on. Yeah. So I'm going to submit to you. That that is like a not a helpful thought. Oh, this is dumb. This is so obvious. This is so whatever. The important thing that happened for you is that through the process of yeah. writing, it brought an objective yeah. reality to mm -hmm. you, the texture of it emotionally, and helped you even observe your own personal evolution that has happened since college and that relationally needs to happen as well. Yeah. It caught up what happened, what happening with your life and what happens in your mind. Absolutely. So I would say those shame thoughts are not helpful, but what's really helpful is you wrote it out, you activated it, you did it, and you had a girl crush night, and you, you're you at the beginning stages of the developing of yeah, those I don't, people. You're right. I don't, I guess I didn't intend or I was not conscious that it was a shame thought. It was more like, it sounds silly to say it because I have been saying it, you have been saying it, people have been saying it for a long time. Oh, you know, just be intentional, do a girl's night out. Before I had a lot of blocks about that, like, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and you're right. The writing process helped me kind of clarify that, realize I had not evolved my expectations of relationships and then it felt empowered, motivated to activate. And it was, it was awesome. But isn't that so funny though? Also, we spent a lot of money, so that was helpful. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for that. The other thing that I think is important is it's so funny how when you grow, when you take a new step, the one behind you looks so dumb. It does. It, it does. looks like such an obvious, like, of course this was the step. But before you took it, you didn't know where it was or what step to take or where to go. It's almost like um, the way but I used to just... it's not like I didn't know it. I knew it. I just... It didn't seem that that was a step. But you didn't know it the way that you know it by doing it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's sort of like saying, I know exercise is, is yeah, important right, and will right. make me feel better and make me energized. And then you do it and you're like, oh, Then you I do it and you're so like, this great. is so yeah. obvious. And I know that eating well is going to make me yeah, more right. energized okay. at the end of the day. All right, all right. It's the knowing, it's the doing of it that is the actual I'm knowing. I'm just imagining these people, whoever's out there, listening to and being like, wow, she's real smart. Wow, she, she really went, figured she it. She went to dinner with her friends. I think <laughs> my guess is that people are listening and, and applying this same thing to their own life to say they're, for you it was about relationships, which you've done professionally for the last 20 years, and it still was a new thing for you to do. And I think there's people listening who they have a, a similarly obvious step to take that it's not in the do I know the right thing to do. It's a... Part of the writing process is sitting down and saying, here's how I did it, which means that now your brain is functioning in past tense, which will make it easier to make that action. It yeah. will be easier to make that step because you go, yeah, I've already done it and I've already experienced the emotion of taking my friends to dinner 
So now I'm going to go ahead and do that. Yeah, absolutely. I think you did an amazing thing. I think it was really brave, yeah. not dumb at all. And I'm really Thank thankful, Suan, yeah. that you listened to your husband's In wise <laughs> words. Interestingly, it also catapulted other areas. So do tell. I've been thinking about you know going back to therapy for a while. Okay. And for some reason, unrelated, this kind of opened up that thing for me. Like, yep, I'm gonna go see someone. Wow. I don't know. I, it's not yeah. related, but it kind of opened up the same kind of maybe taking initiative, writing your chapter, the way you want it to end. You know, yeah. I just I just had way more ownership about other areas of my life. It initiated that. Yeah, I was like, okay, what's the you? next thing I'm gonna do? Absolutely, go to counseling. Next, find a therapist. Great. You know. Wow. So. I love it. Eating healthy and working out, not there <laughs> yet. Is that next on the list? Is that your next chapter? Because that's my final question for you as we let you go and we enjoy uh, Kauai. Uh, what would be your next chapter that you say, this is the one I'm going to write? You wrote the friend chapter. You're writing the therapy chapter. What's the next chapter? Um, I don't, I don't, it's probably the, the um, chapter on how I got less annoyed, less mad. Less mad. Yeah. The therapy one. The therapy one. Yeah. I haven't written that one yet. Okay. Are you going to actually write it out or is this going to be... I mean, probably not. You're going to resist it. <laughs> probably not. Amazing. Well, Swan, thank you for um, interrupting our vacation yeah. so that we could have this conversation. Thank you for updating us. And you out there, I uh, hope you enjoyed Suanne's bravery and her clarity and her very, very uh, brave steps towards writing her chapter. My wife is on the team. She's on board. She believes in the process. She believes in what's happening, which just makes this whole thing worth it. So thank you for listening and being a part of this. And I hope you, like Michael and Jen and Sue Ann, feel 100% free to communicate with us. If there's a podcast that resonates with you or that there's, brings up questions, you can tweet us or email us or you can fill out information on hankfortner.com. Whatever it is, we love the conversation. And I personally love the chance to dialogue with you about what's happening in your life and how this podcast can somehow give you the tools to have a better life. I'm so excited about the next podcast that you're about to hear. The next one coming up is going to be really exciting, but I wanted to make sure that this follow-up was possible. I wanted to make sure that we could cover some of these things. So thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for joining us and may you enjoy writing every single chapter of your life story.